electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, sky-high valuations rooted in what exactly? Tesla and Bitcoin are climbing higher, but some investors are still searching for cents. I could dig a hole. There's value in the time and labor of digging the hole. But if nobody wants the hole, it has no value. Reddit's retail traders building wealth or getting burned. John Hope Bryan on what the GameStop frenzy means for education, equity, and the American dream. I really think it makes a case for financial literacy as a new civil rights issue of this generation. As important in many ways as the right to vote was in the 1960s. Those stories plus salad robots on the menu, DoorDash trying to deliver for restaurants. The robot makes the salad. That's kind of cool. Caesar made the salad. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Joe, welcome back. You got to sleep in yesterday. It's hard to sleep. It's hard to sleep for a lot of reasons. You know that. You make it past eight? Yeah, you make but- it, ever make it past eight? I never make it past eight. And I got no, two. but I'll take 5.45 any day of the week. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, believe me, when I say that I've got like an hour, when it's 4 a.m. and I got like two or three more hours, but I have two huge animals that are just like, they're like animals and cats. One of them is in a cage. So they, you know, got that going on. So I, I get up, I get up. Plus I'm up most, you know, I've told you this before. I'm up a lot. I'm up a lot. I know what time it is uh, most, of the, most of the time. It's okay. Sorry it's all I right. asked. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Sorry, I asked. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. It was just about 23 hours ago that a Tesla regulatory filing revealed that the company bought one and a half billion dollars in Bitcoin and said that it planned to accept Bitcoin as payment in the future for cars. Since then, the price of Bitcoin has soared, setting a new high at around forty seven thousand five hundred dollars. That's right. $47,500, even after the gains we saw yesterday, up by about another 5.3% today. We're also watching the price of Dogecoin. It shot higher after supportive tweets by Elon Musk, rapper Snoop Dogg, and kiss rocker Gene Simmons. But Andrew, I'd guess that the biggie here is really Elon Musk. Uh, Matt Levine, a columnist, wrote a really interesting column about how in the market these days, it's not fundamentals that are driving things, but proximity to Elon Musk. And I thought that was pretty uh, accurate, given some of the swings we've seen recently. Oddly enough, um, he is, uh, it's not odd that Matt's right, but uh, oddly enough, he is right uh, in this case. Oh, I mean, just proximity to Elon. Uh, Let's check out uh, some of the Reddit-hyped stock moves right now because uh, GameStop is under pressure again. This after a decline of about 6% in yesterday's session. Let's show you what's going on with that stock. It's at 56.27 right now. AMC also falling this morning. That after a decline of 9.5% yesterday. So, a little bit of the wind uh, coming out of, uh, continuing, I should say, to come out of the sales of those stocks. Meantime, Reddit taking advantage of the recent market attention surrounding the Wall Street Bets forum. The company said it raised $250 million in a late-stage funding round that was led by venture firm 
uh, VY Capital. That brings its valuation now to $6 billion, double uh, where it was at the last funding round uh, in February of 2019. So they're getting a little bit of a push. And of course, we saw them take advantage of this moment as well with um, that, that five-second ad uh, during the Super Bowl. Joe. Yeah. I thought about that with Elon Musk, something we, we've, we used to say, actually, I think it was way back during the, uh, during the tech bubble, when you would see really high-priced companies be able to buy other companies for really high prices. Remember that? And we used to talk about yeah. exchanging you know, 10 overpriced dogs for five overpriced right. cats. And is it really? And I'm not saying that's what's happening with, uh, with Tesla, but... I mean, that's got to, he's the richest guy in the world. When he was, when we heard about those new employment contracts, we didn't know this was going to happen necessarily. Remember how, how cheap right. the stock was and how many cars it, and he said, okay, if I do this, I get this. And, and we knew it was a lot of money, but it was like, well, those are pretty yeah. high goals to hit. Then he hits them all. Then all of a sudden the valuation of Tesla is where it is. I mean, it's a lot easier to buy a billion and a half dollars worth of Bitcoin when your own currency. I'm not saying he's using Tesla stock, but everything about Tesla no, and Elon Musk is overvalued. But he, yeah. but Joe, but yeah. he is but, because if yeah. you looked at what he what he just did, he, he basically issued new shares, raised money, and in part took, took some of the yeah. money that he raised yeah. and so went and is. bought Bitcoin. Direct, with you it. can directly. So it is ten cats for five dogs, overvalued uh, dogs. See, I wouldn't. And it's a significant I, I, portion of their cash. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. They had $19.3 billion in, in cash and cash equivalents at the end of the year. $1.5 billion is like 7.5%. So that's a yeah. significant amount of the cash that it they is. have. This is not, you know, playing with the, the coins you find in the, in the couch. And you just, you know, Tesla's out there. It's not like JP Morgan suddenly is putting its balance sheet in, in Bitcoin, but. You're seeing more and more of that. It's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. PayPal. I thought PayPal was a significant move that they would allow yeah. transactions to take place in, in Bitcoin, too. Well, then we got to decide if it really is 21 million total, what part of the global financial system does it eventually occupy? And what does that mean per 21 million coins? And I would, Overgrat, say 100,000. I've seen people say more than that, but I don't, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what regulators do. I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of money for a Bitcoin, though, isn't it? It's pretty incredible. Right. But okay. the things I mean, look, look, we, I think you could, I, I could give you the upside argument. We know that. But well, why didn't you, you give it to me when happens? I was giving it to you at eight thousand? Now you're giving it to me. Oh, come on. I, I was talking about a year. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. But what I was going to Google it, we can Google it. We can uh, Google it. We can go. We, we can go back and find it is. What happens when the U.S. government, I'd be very curious what you think, Joe and Becky, on both of this, but I, I, I know you've become a, a Bitcoin um, aficionado, Joe. If well, the U.S. That, creates I haven't a, talked about a, it in a year and a half because it, it didn't no, seem No, no, but if the, US, if the U.S. creates a digital, a digital dollar, an actual stable yeah. coin that, that is its own, does that effectively credentialize Bitcoin as something else? Or well, you, does it crowd it out forever? Do you remember? I don't know. That I, the, the way that Bitcoin works is very elegant. I don't know why you need to re actually replace it. I don't know if you use, do, the, do it the same way with distributed ledger and, uh, and everything. I don't know how the right. U.S. would no, do no, it. But, but I, we had big arguments, Andrew, about uh, Libra. And that was yep. not, where is Libra? That, that was like a proxy for fiat currency. And, and back then I said, this is not a, yeah. a cryptocurrency. This is like a, 
this is like a Venmo or, or something. Right, but and the, the value the, the, of Libra no wasn't any of those things. The value of Libra at the time for Bitcoin was really in the wallet, was just the idea that all of us, it was actually very similar to what PayPal is actually doing right. insofar as the view at the time was if every Facebook user all of a sudden had a wallet that could transact in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, that was going to be a huge boon for crypto, right? That, that's what that was about in the same well, way. And I still think that the, the move on, on uh, PayPal back probably when we were about 10,000 was one of the moments that sort of pushed this. Having said that, I think there's been a lot of other things that have happened since then. Well, with, with Bitcoin, it's gotten to where it is without anyone acknowledging it's any closer to being a currency. It's gotten to where it is based on on the Fed printing it's and hard it's to say being it's a currency a, a, when it swings that much on a daily that's basis. That's what I mean. It's it, so yeah, volatile. But it's gotten to 45,000 without being a currency, without anyone saying it's a currency. It's gotten there based on inherent value, which people said it never had all along, even though the mathematics of Bitcoin imbue it with with value. If you look at it, if you ever just look at how it works, it actually has value, I think. Anyway, well, that, that's what someone I Someone has to decide it has value, though. I don't, I don't look at it that way. I've looked I at could it, dig I told, a hole. There, no, I not, could dig a hole. There's Andrew, value if, in the time and labor of digging the hole. Right, but right. if nobody wants the hole, it has no value. You wouldn't dig it if no one wanted the hole. If you're on an island and you distribute everybody's duties, everybody does an hour's worth of work, and you all keep track of what all of you do, you, have to decide you can that find that a way work is that valuable, a unit, though. Well, you, you do valuable things like cleaning out the latrine. Right, but, or whatever but it is, some people might say there's no value. Well, you, but some people would say there's no value in Bitcoin unto itself. I, look, I'm not making that uh, that have argument. You, I'm just saying have you read? Have you actually read a treatise on it yet? And gone in and, and seen? You've, have, you've done it and I decided. Have, for better or worse, read read <sighs> a lot. I don't know which treatise uh, you're referring to. Anyway, the Bitcoin standard, anything. So Andreessen oh, no, and Teal and all these guys can, can arrive at this and you're still not convinced. Look, I published, I published the first Mark Andreessen essay on this back, I think, in 2013 in Dealbook. It was like a 5,000-word essay explaining why everybody should buy Bitcoin and how it was going to change the world. So Amazing. Yes. Amazing. I, never, I thought you were a skeptic all the way up. But all right. Um, I thought that was me saying that stuff. But anyway. <laughs> DoorDash, company is buying robotics startup Chowbotics. Now, in terms of the deal not disclosed, uh, the company's technology uses robotics to help restaurants expand their menu. For example, a pizzeria can now add a salad robot to expand its offerings to include custom salads. The meal-making robots have also been installed in airports, universities, hospitals, grocery stores to offer food options without the need for more manpower. So, guys, we're talking about the, uh, the minimum wage well, I don't. I, I, I'm it's not a, even sure whether the minimum wage is going to matter. The machine that makes the, the salad. The robot makes the salad. Robot makes the salad. That's kind of cool. It, who made it the is, salad? Unless Caesar. you're somebody who makes a salad for a living. Caesar but made yes, the salad. I, Caesar made the salad. That's the old but it, commercial. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? These, I, I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, I prefer the rob. Uh, you know, a clean robot. Maybe I would. A, a little lubricant on my salad is better than you know. <laughs> Whatever. How about salad bars? Mm. That, is that the one um, upside? Never back. Another upside to the pandemic that we don't ever have. It's gone. To... Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, do those? There's sneeze... a reason the sneeze guards are there, but then you see Ooh. people going under the sneeze guards. Whoa. Like, oh. 
I mean, what we used to do, I, the, 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 you go to King's, the supermarket, there used to be cheese there with little toothpicks every day. And, and I, oh, oh, I, I, every, I'd go in there. <laughs> I, I think about that now, and boy, we were, those are the, were yeah, those the good Costco old days, like? or, what was, or what was I thinking? My dad used to go to Costco for lunch because they'd have so many of those things out. <laughs> Walk around the aisles, that's never coming back. Yeah, man. <sighs> Uh, yeah, that's not happening. That's not, that's, that's, I don't, yeah. uh, are salad bars coming back? What about buffets? Are those coming back? I, they try to say they will, Golden Corral, whatever it is. They, they, they say they got plans. They got ways to do it. Uh, if everybody's As vaccinated. former I, Golden I, Corral salad bar girl, um, I used to work there. I worked there one summer. No, I, you um, didn't. I have a hard did you? time. I did. I worked at a Golden Corral for one summer. When I, the summer I was 16. No kidding. How often? How I, yeah. I actually. How often do they change the, the tongs? Or they don't, do they? do they? I will tell you. I didn't eat out for a while after seeing what happens behind the scene. And that's any restaurant. That's not Golden Corral. All that right, is so let, any restaurant. You see what decide? happens where there's a bunch of teenagers working. So robots making the salads with the two thumbs up, right? Is that what we decided? Three, I, look, three I think it's th- great if, if you thumbs? can let a pizza place expand its offerings and have have it there without the manpower having to pay for it. I think that's actually great for small businesses that can probably yeah. use the help right now. Next on Squawk Pod, what the Reddit rebellion is telling America about its financial literacy. Operation Hope's John Hope Bryant on equities and equal rights. We're making smart sexy again, but let's do it in a responsible, intelligent way. I don't think anybody was malicious at Robin Hood. And I don't think there's anybody malicious at Charles Schwab or wherever. But you live in your own bubble, and the rest of the world's not there. Let's give them a safe passage into your bubble. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. At Capel University. You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Andrew Ross Sorkin, and Becky Quick. Here's Andrew. Welcome back to Squawk Box this morning. Uh, Robin Hood is being sued for the wrongful death by the family of a 20-year-old customer who took his life last summer after believing he had racked up some very big losses on the stock trading app. The suit says that Alex Kearns made three attempts to contact Robin Hood customer service regarding the massive underwater balance that he had. However, his messages were met with automated replies. 
According to the complaint, the lawsuit is also accusing the brokerage of negligent infliction of emotional distress and unfair business practices. The complaint alleges that Kearns misunderstood the Robinhood financial statement and was protecting his family from the financial obligation. Uh, we have talked to Vlad Tenev, the CEO of Robinhood, about the fact uh, that you still can't call up Robinhood um, and get a customer service person on the phone. And um, I believe it's an issue that, that still desperately needs to be addressed. Becky? Andrew, thanks. That explosion of new retail investors in the market is raising some questions about risk, financial literacy, and whether retail trading platforms need to do a better job educating their users. This is coming into focus even more after the rise and fall of stocks like GameStop. Joining us right now to talk about this is John Hope Bryant. He's the founder and CEO of Operation Hope. And John, I know you've spent some significant time kind of digging into this and, and trying to come up with some solutions for, for what you think is a big problem. Uh, yes, thanks for having me this morning, Becky and the team. Um, I think we're sitting in a moment in history right now. You know, history rarely feels historic when you're sitting in it. It just sort of feels like another day. But when you combine the mortgage prices of 2009, which took a minute to percolate, which was about the debt uh, of people who really didn't understand the agreements they were going into, and you provide this moment, which is about equities, uh, and folks who really, once again, don't really know what they're getting into, I really think it makes a case for financial literacy as a new civil rights issue of this generation. Uh, as important in many ways as the right to vote was in the 1960s. You know, as important what you do, you all do as, you know, a driver's license uh, in the equities market. We, we should not be, in my opinion, Becky, um, this should not be a private card game in Monaco <laughs> with unique information for unique players. Uh, this should not be uh, a public you know, slot machine in Las Vegas. I keep reminding people Las Vegas keeps getting bigger every year, even though a few people win, uh, where folks think that this is gambling. And this shouldn't be a kid in his room uh, gaming and calling it investing. This is the proper formation of capital. <laughs> you know, this is this is the American way. And, and we should treat it as such. And we should give people at the bottom an opportunity to come up and not just squeeze them in the middle. And I think what happened with GameStop, and I think to a certain degree, we're piling too much on one company and suggesting that one company is a problem here. And really, the whole industry, I think, needs to put on the white hat here and self-police themselves because no one's providing financial literacy education to their customers. Um, mm -hmm. I think this also proves that technology alone is not enough. People, uh, is to the point of customer service and, somebody, and talking to somebody, which is what we do at Operation Hope with financial coaching, is really important. We raise credit scores 50 points for people in six months because we talk to them and engage with them and understand their situation. And we use technology to do it. But it's still about the people. Yeah, I, I think that's a key part. John, in the steps that you've kind of laid out for what you think should be a plan for these brokerages to take, I, I'd put them into two categories, either financial literacy on the one hand or um, transparency uh, on the other hand in, in terms of that. You want to start with some of the financial literacy things that you think the brokerages should be doing? Yeah, we call it, I, I sort of, we sort of call it the Operation Hope Investor Bill of Rights. Um, it's a, a 10 point plan. Um, and I think the industry should fund free financial education uh, for all consumer investors uh, in the case of Wall Street, uh, on Main Street for all banking customers. Uh, I think that we should embed this. Don't make it public affairs, don't make it community affairs, don't make it PR. 
put this right in the middle of your business plan, which is point number 10, by the way. It's part of the business plan. But embed this um, into the customer acquisition process. It doesn't have to slow anything down. Uh, but give somebody an off-ramp. Let them uh, stop, ask them key questions about whether they understand what they're getting into. You can do this very quickly. If they're, if they're stumped, if they're curious, if they, if, if, if they believe this is a, you know, a, a, a flight to heaven with, with no stops and there's guaranteed success, stop. Because that's not Wall Street. That's not investing. There are risks. And then let them talk to a coach, Operation Hope, or somebody else who's qualified. Uh, then they can come back to the transaction. doesn't have to slow anything down. Uh, and then let's give them some inspiration and some motivation. Let's do some video engagement at the front of this process. Walk them through uh, the fact that this is serious and don't bet your rent, your rent money, including on Bitcoin, okay, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, and, uh, and then I think in, at some point there needs to be an opportunity for somebody to walk away or double down uh, on their, their desire to invest right now. And I think you're going to have a more responsible investor. I think you're going to have uh, an educated investor, somebody who, if they mess up, look, uh, to, I think Joe will love this. If somebody is educated and they, and they lose it all, that's Wall Street. That's, that's business. But let's make sure that, it's not, that is not what people don't know that they don't know that's killing them, but they think they know. And then I, and I actually borrowed a couple of comments from Andrew on transparency. He wrote a great piece last week on what the industry can do on the transparency side. Uh, why go to a private meeting and get private information and not have that disclosed uh, on your website. If you go meet with management, just disclose it so that nobody accuses you of insider information. Um, so don't let's stop manipulating the market and give people an opportunity to come up because we're because my rich friends need my poor friends to do better if only to stay rich. And we need the poor to come up because that is the American way. So it's a 10 point plan, but essentially it's, yeah, it's giving people basic financial literacy education, investor education. Uh, at the at the client account creation and, and transaction beginning process. And at every step of the way, there's a chance for people to get off the Ferris wheel if they're uncomfortable. So that, again, we're raising up new American builders. Um, and I think that will go a long way to adding sustainable GDP to this country. Hey, John, two, two points with this. I can, I can think of critics coming at you from two directions. One would be from the traders themselves who say, you know, stop being paternalistic. I know what I'm doing. I know this is a risk. I know this is money I might lose. Stop trying to slow me down or say that I have to get a license to do this or do anything else. You're getting in the way of the democratization of uh, of Wall Street. And, and that is something we want. We want these people there. What would you say to the traders themselves who might push back? Uh, Bill Clinton had a great quote, President Clinton. It's hard to get somebody to agree to the truth when the lie is paying their paycheck. Uh, I hear you, <laughs> but just because you're rationalizing, it doesn't mean it's a, that a rational lie makes sense. Uh, the, the, the GameStop thing is a great example of how that logic doesn't work, really. Uh, you had people with too much information on one hand, hedge funds, uh, in this particular case, uh, uh, who understand the markets. And you had people with their heads head on backwards, millennials who were tech savvy, who were intended on gaming on the other end. It's a war, and my clients are in the middle. And they're saying, they're, all they're seeing is social media posts that say, because they, call, they called me, saying, I, this is a $1,000 stock. I, I can't go wrong. I'm going to put my rent money in it. I'm going to put my, whatever money I've got, my little savings in it, because this is my one shot to get, to get rich. And it goes up. They buy it at 500 right? It's a $50 stock or a $30 stock, right? They buy it at 500 They buy it at 700 Okay, but who gets caught between, you know, whatever the high was, down, I think it was 458 was a legitimate high, down to 48. I mean, where is it now? 56, 60 bucks? 
if, if you sell it, you yeah. bought it four hundred, and you you think it's a thousand, you you sell all the way down. There's millions of people right now wondering who lied to them. So, and if somebody with a yacht, mm. uh, including the people that no disrespect to Reddit, but they but they did raise money on the back of all this. Uh, by the way, God bless them. Right. But it's not like they hate the markets. They just raise money from the markets. Let's stop. Let's knock it off. Let's stop the game and give everybody the right. same rules to play. John, we're, we're almost out of time. We've only got about a minute left. But the, the other issue is going to be you're looking for the industry to self-regulate themselves. As Andrew pointed out, you can't even call Robinhood and get somebody on the phone. Good luck with that. What's going to inspire them to do this, especially if it's self-regulation? Well, I think rainbows follow storms. You know, you cannot have a rainbow without a storm first. Nobody, no, no regulator came, came into vision because people said, let's have one. You know, it's the SEC, FDIC, all these people came into place because of a crisis. I'm saying self-regulate before there is a regulator who comes in. And by, to their credit, by the way, I'm going to say Robinhood called me last October, I believe it was, uh, to, to ask for advice. And this was one of the pieces I gave them. The only thing I criticized that model for was they should have embedded financial education from day one, their first trade, their first account. I like the innovation. I like the, the, new, the new ideas and the way that it's fascinated young people. This is even a rap song out, by the way, yesterday about SPACs. I mean, I like that this is all, because we're making smart sexy again, but let's do it in a responsible, intelligent way. I don't think anybody was malicious at Robin Hood, and I don't think there's anybody malicious at Charles Schwab or wherever, but you live in your own bubble and the rest of the world's not there. Let's, let's give them a, a safe passage into your bubble by giving them somebody to talk to and some education that empowers them. John, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, we're out of time, but I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening, whenever you do. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Subscribe to Squawk Pod and get us every day. We are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, on your favorite podcast platform. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC, and we'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 